The New Yorker magazine comes to our house each and every week, and on the day that it arrives, before I even glance at the title of any of the articles, the very first thing that I do is flip through it and read all of the cartoons. I appreciate the humor, but it also serves as a good barometer reading of where we are as a country. It's not giving me the news headlines, but the cartoons frequently point to what the real issues and struggles are that we are wrestling with. It's not that I don't already have a sense of this, but the cartoons reassure me that I am not alone, that others are reacting and responding to our current situation in much the same way as I am. This week's New Yorker had a cartoon with an executive sitting in a very large chair behind a long desk with a nice city view in the background. There's a man standing in front of the executive's desk with his head hanging down. As the executive says, I've finally learned not to measure my worth by how many employees I have. On the page facing this cartoon, there's another cartoon with two men stranded on a small island with a palm tree. One man has two bottles on the ground behind him and has just picked up another bottle and removed a piece of paper. And he says to his buddy, I wish they'd quit sending my financial statements. <laughs> a couple of pages later, I read a third cartoon. There are three downtrodden people with signs hanging around their necks, standing up against a brick wall. The title over the cartoon says, Les Nouveaux Pauvres, The New Poor. The first one sign says, Not going away this summer. The second woman's sign says, Didn't buy those boots. And the third person's sign says, In the Poor Mindset. The cartoons are funny, but reading all three of these cartoons in a row made my anxiety jump up three notches. It struck me how much the darkness, despair, and anxiety has crept into our collective mindset. We don't talk much about evil in the Episcopal Church. But I think it is hard to avoid acknowledging in our current climate that evil and darkness are present in our world. Even though we try to protect ourselves and our families, evil and darkness are having an effect on our individual lives. And for some of us, this may call into question our understanding of God. Joyce was my sister's best friend from college. She was a very smart woman and an incredibly kind and thoughtful friend. My first semester at college, she sent me a care package, including a warm woolen sweater to help me survive the main winter, and a, a coupon for a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream to share with my new friends. Joyce adopted me as her own little sister. 
Throughout college and much of graduate school, she celebrated several Christmases with us. As it was too expensive and she didn't have enough time off to fly home to go visit her family on the West Coast. Joyce put herself through Georgetown Law School and worked during the day. She was driven and determined, but she never lost sight of what was important. She was generous with her time and with the gifts that God had given her. The year after I graduated from college, Joyce was abducted from DuPont Circle and three months later was found murdered. Her death had a profound effect on me. Throughout those three months and for many months after her death, I found myself angry at God. How could God let this happen to Joyce? She was a good person. And she was on the trajectory towards being able to make a real difference in the world through her work. Why didn't God protect her and guard her from the evil? All that I felt about God at that time was an overwhelming anger and an incredible sense of betrayal. I didn't realize it at the time, but my functional theology, what I believed about God and how God acts in the world, was that if a person is good and does what is right, is faithful both in word and practice, then they will be rewarded with a good life and will be protected by God. But the evil had crept into my world And not only taken away my friend, but that experience of evil had forced me to face my functional theology. And I realized that this theology of exchange or theology of merit, good behavior on my part in exchange for God's protection and love, this theology was my own human construct and wasn't actually true to all that I had experienced of God in my life. My functional theology limited the experience of God's grace and love to whether a person was worthy of it. This theology also assumed that God would intervene when a person chose to exercise their free will in a perverted way causing harm to others. This painful experience helped me to realize that we live in a broken world in which evil does exist. And being in relationship with God, even right relationship, does not prevent us from experiencing evil in our lives. As Jesus prepares to leave his disciples... He prays to God on behalf of them. He asks for unity for them, that they will share in the joy of eternal life. But he also asks for their protection from evil. He never prays that his disciples will not experience the evil. He knows that the disciples are in the world, a world that is broken, a world in which evil exists and has influence. 
But the disciples are not just in the world, they are of the world. They are not like Jesus, who came into the world, but was not of the world. And so they need God's protection. And Jesus prays for protection from the influence of evil. He prays for us that we will remember and turn towards God's abundant and life-giving love. Jesus prays that we will be guided by the experience of grace and not let our hearts be invaded by the evil that still surrounds our lives. Today, we as a society are faced with the evil of corruption and greed, the pursuit of wealth over the well-being of human lives and of families Many of us have family members or friends or neighbors who are facing foreclosure or unemployment. We are all facing uncertainty about our own financial well-being. More and more of us worry whether we will be able to make the next tuition payment to our child's college and keep a roof over our heads and put food on the table for our families. And in this anxiety, in those moments of terror, we may find ourselves questioning God, angry at God for allowing this to happen, allowing the darkness and destruction to come into our lives. We are good people. Why is this happening to us? But even now, In this time of darkness and despair in our collective lives together, God is reaching out to us with abundant love. That right relationship that we share with God may not protect protect the evil from coming into our lives, but that experience of right relationship does protect us from being influenced by the evil, as time and again we choose God's abundant love over anything else that is put before us. God not only desires us to choose love over evil, but God charges us to continue Jesus's ministry of sharing the good news of God's abundant life-giving love offered for all the world. And drawing us back into right relationship with God, Jesus has given us the tools to resist the evil that exists in our world. The functional theology that we profess here at All Saints says that we share in God's abundant love as we gather around this table together each and every week. And through being in right relationship with God and experiencing the fullness of God's grace, we are free, free to love more fully, more completely, more abundantly, having felt that same love offered to us. So now we go out into the world to share that love, with our neighbors, with our friends, with our enemies, with all who we meet. In this time of darkness, we are called to be more the church, 
to go out into the world and push back the darkness and shine the light of the good news of God's love for us. Last week, we focused on Jesus' commandment to love one another as he has loved us. And Jeffrey reminded us that love requires presence. It means that we set aside our own anxieties and show up, be fully present with one another. Whether that is in bringing a meal to someone who is sick or to a family who is struggling or visiting a friend who is having a rough time, being present with one another pushes back the darkness and builds the strength of love to help us resist the evil that threatens to pervade. Being present with another helps us, too. It draws us out of ourselves and back into community and reminds us of the good news of God's love for us. The evil is out there. It is part of living in a broken world. At times, it may feel like it is right outside the door. But God is transforming and redeeming this broken world. God has not left us defenseless. He has equipped us to resist that evil as we trust in God's love for us and respond out of our experience of that love. In silence and in prayer, let us respond to the gospel.